just want to bless you, Caroline, as you actually minister to us this, this evening. So, Father, I thank you for Caroline. I thank you for the woman that she is. I thank you for what you've been speaking into her life and the way that she can speak to us. So really bless and encourage her, I pray. Come, Holy Spirit, in power. Fill her up. And, Father, as she speaks to us, may each of us go away with something new from you. I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Get myself organized. So it's a real um, privilege to be here with you again this evening. I was here a couple of years ago, I think. Um, and it's, it's just always such a kind of a joy to get to kind of really, I'm just sharing out things that I feel like God's been taking me through. And so um, always feels quite personal when I share because generally it's, it's kind of coming out a lot of my own kind of story. I just, before I start, felt like um, I was, had a chance to pray with a couple of these amazing women down here um, earlier. And Lizzie had had this picture of just streams of living water. And I just, in the worship, just felt God just reiterating that and just saying, and it is obviously streams, and I was connecting that, but actually it's, there. I really believe he's saying there is living water here this evening, and I don't know if anyone's come and they just feel like um, there's a situation or something that's going on in their life that they just think, Ugh, I'm just, I feel desperate about this situation. I don't know what else to do, or um, just, just you cannot see um, how things are going to change. But I've really felt this evening that God's just saying, His Spirit is here, God is with us, and there is power for change in situations that you, where you just really feel you need to see breakthrough, whether that's something within yourself or in a relationship or anything else. So just hold that in your hearts and there'll be chances to kind of pray um, later as well. So I'm speaking this evening about being me, or not so much just being me, but me being me and what it means for you to be you. What does it mean for me to be who I am? And what does it mean for you to be who you are. And how much time on a daily basis do you spend thinking about who you are? I'm just going to let you think about that. Like, you go through your day, like, how much time do you actually think about being you? And what do you hear? You know, when you tune into that self-talk that we all do all the time, there's like this running record of our own voice going on all the time. When you tune in, are you kind and gentle about yourself? Is it kind of like a loving, forgiving voice you hear? Or can you sometimes hear that your sort of inner voice being really critical or judgmental or accusatory or harsh if you make a mistake? And I just feel like God's been really challenging me about um, tuning into my inner voice and, and my self-talk and listening to the things that I've been saying to myself. And I went um, on a women's weekend away with our church a few weeks ago, and it was like one of those weekends when I just cried the entire weekend. I started on the Friday evening session, 
And the woman stood up to speak. It was all really quiet, and she was reading Isaiah 35. And I was literally sobbing, and it was so embarrassing because it's like, you know, you're ugly crying, and you're loud crying, and everyone else is really quiet. And, um, but I was just having, God was just, just did so much in me um, on that weekend a few weeks ago. And my story is, that seven years ago, um, my husband died very suddenly in the night. Um, and I have, we had three very small girls at the time who were um, two, three, and five when he died. And I've just, I've, I've gone through that for seven years now. And I just got to this weekend away and I just, I was just so broken by um, realizing how hard the seven years, this last seven years have actually been. And I think it was the first time I'd really even allowed myself to acknowledge that and think day in, day out, every meal time, every, every time homework needs to be done, every parent's evening, every going to work, getting up and thinking, if I don't do something in our house, it does not happen. It's like, if I don't put the rubbish out, it doesn't get put out. If I don't make dinner or make the lunches for the next day, they don't get done. And you end up just carrying a huge sense of kind of responsibility and I've had really high expectations of myself and what I feel I should have been able to achieve and I just felt like I just had just uh, just overwhelming kind of waves of God's compassion and just realizing that I just need to be a bit kinder I was just listening to how I'm actually speaking about myself to myself um, and it's, it's really far from the way that I think actually really God speaks about me or thinks about me um, or us. Um, and I can see how much more growing I've got to do in terms of what God, in believing what God has, actually does, does think about me. And I don't know whether that will resonate with any of you. Um, so I want to read from Romans 5. Um, and I just, I love God's word because, again, even as I read these words um, to us, I feel like God's word is living and active. And even as I read them, I know that they'll be at work in our lives and really powerful. So now, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith in his promises, we can have real peace with him because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. For because of our faith, He's brought us into this place of highest privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to actually becoming all that God has in mind for us to be. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they're good for us and they help us learn to be patient. And patience develops strength of character in us and helps us trust God more each time we use it, until finally our hope and faith are strong and steady. Then when that happens, we're able to hold our heads high and know that no matter what happens, all is well. For we know how dearly God loves us, and we feel this warm love everywhere within us. Because God has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless with no way of escape, Christ came at just the right time and died for us as sinners who had no use for him. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. 
And since by his blood he did all this for us as sinners, how much more will he do now that he has declared us not guilty? Now he will save us from all of God's wrath to come. And since when we were his enemies, we were brought back to God by the death of his son, what blessings he must have for us now that we're his friends and that he is living within us. I just, I just feel God cares so much that we know that he is the source of our identity. Um, he wants us to confidently and joyfully look forward to becoming all that he has for us to be. But you know what? I know you'll know this just as well as I do. The battle rages over our identities on a daily basis. We only need to look around us and we can see that that battle is, is getting stronger and intensifying. It's more intense than ever. And I know that if God is not the source of our identity and the one who's at the center of our lives, then other things or people will be. There's just so many competing voices. We all know them, you know, including our own, telling us who we are, who we're not, who we should be, and pointing out every time we kind of fall short of the standard that's been set. Um, and the battle we face in the world is that the world is conditional. It's always like, if you do this, then I'll love you. If you work hard, then you're worth something to me. Um, and I think we can fear that God's love is conditional. But I believe, kind of as I've been preparing this talk, that God's saying that there's areas in our lives um, where our identities have been built on shaky ground. And he's saying, we're in this battle, and it's hard to fight a battle when you're standing on shaky ground. And when we decide whether we're important or worthy of love based on what other people say about us, and, and we allow our identity to be built on shaky ground. And with social media nowadays, it's never been easier to know what other people think about you. Um, we look for others to convince us that we're worth loving. Um, and we wonder that if people really could see inside us, would they think, um, would they still love us so we can find we hide our true selves because we're actually afraid of being who we are because we don't want to be rejected because... I would think um, there won't be many of us in this room who um, have gone through life to this point without experiencing some form of rejection or other. And all of this can just lead to so much striving, people-pleasing, adapting, um, and it's, it is just exhausting. Um, but God says other people's opinions of us, whether they're good or bad, they don't get to define who we are and whether we're important or worthy of love. Letting our failures or our successes define us is shaky ground. We can find ourselves letting the things that have happened to us in the past define who we believe we are. You're the one who's widowed and left alone. You're the one who was abused. You're the one who was cheated on. You know, there's all these these labels and these ways of defining, and I, I've, I've struggled with that and the feelings that go along with, with some of these ways that we can find ourselves defining ourselves by the things that have happened to us in the past, feelings of, of being abandoned and lonely and without hope. But it's shaky. God says the events 
that have happened to us in our lives as painful and agonizing as they can be. They don't get to dictate who we are. Believing we're important and worthy of love, depending on what we do, is shaky. (coughs) We can lose the roles we have. We go through different seasons in our life. And if we define who we are by what we do, it's shaky. Believing we're important and worth loving, depending on the things we own or we can buy, is also shaky. We can find ourselves getting our security and having the latest whatever it is that happens to be that we feel we need to have. And it's great when God blesses us with material things. That's amazing, but um, it's not what gets to define us. It's shaky ground. When we build our identities on shaky ground, we can find ourselves living with a lot of fear. Fear of failure, fear of abandonment, fear of rejection. And also, the enemy will try anything he possibly can to undermine our understanding of our preciousness to God. We are in a battle. I remember speaking um, at a retreat center a couple of years ago. And the night before I was speaking the next day, we were a group of women um, were gathered in the venue and we were praying. And again, I was on my knees and I spend a lot of time crying, got to be honest. And I was just, I was crying and I just, I had such a loud voice in my head saying, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to think you can speak to these women? Who do you think you are to think you've got anything to say to anyone? And, you know, it's the enemy. And he was reminding me of everything possible I've ever done wrong in all my life to think, how could you think you can stand up there and say anything? And, you know, we're in a battle. Um, When we allow the things we have, the things we do, the people we know, our failures, the things that have happened to us in the past to dictate our value and worth, we're on shaky ground. We can be like the builder, the foolish builder who built his house on the sand, and when the rain and the wind comes, everything comes crashing down around us. But God is saying for us to build our identities on the rock. When we listen to God's words about who we are, and we actually choose to believe them, we're like the man who builds his house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents, and the floods rise, and the storm winds beat against his house, it won't collapse, because it's built on rock. And building our identities on the truth of God's words about us is something we're supposed to take an active part in and engage with. But building is hard work. You know, our identities don't just happen. You know, it's something where we have to take those words and believe them. And God is the master builder, and he says we are his masterpiece. Um, And this is what I really believe God wants to say to you this evening, is that you are cherished, original, redeemed, and empowered. I just feel like God is saying he wants to be the source of our identities and the one who is at the center of our lives. This is our core truth. You can see what I've done there. But if if you think of what's in your core, and I want this to be something you can take away and think, in my core, God is living within me. And the core truth about me is that I am cherished. I am original. I am redeemed. I am empowered by God who's living within me. And we're going to look at each one of those things. But this is how we fight our battles. 
Um, you know, this is how we fight the battle over our identities and the battle over our children's identities. And they, they are just so under threat. Um, God is living within us. Um, and I love Ephesians 6 in this version as well. It says, uh, it's about um, putting on our armor and the breastplate of God's approval. And that's what we're taking up. You know, we're taking up the breastplate of God's approval over our lives. And um, when I was praying with a friend about this evening, she had a picture of a gate and an altar and, and maybe someone feeling like they're standing behind this gate and they can't look over, they can't get to that altar. And I think it's, we've just really felt God saying, you know, this word is for each and every one of us here this evening. There's not one person that's excluded. The gate is opened. There is a way. You can come to the altar where God is this evening and this is his word for you and his truth for you. So cherish, that's our first word. So to really cherish something is, it's amazing because you, you protect it, you hold it dear. It, you're, it's about being devoted to and nurturing someone who's very important to you and that's how God is with us and you do everything you possibly can not to hurt someone you cherish. And God's saying, we sung, we've sung it this evening, you are his child here and now. You are a child of God. 1 John 3, some amazing scriptures about this. See how very much our heavenly father loves us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we really are. We are God's children right now. And we can't even imagine what it's going to be like later on. But our lives are defined by our fatherhood. So who's our father? We've got this kingdom of darkness where the, there's the enemy and he is the father of lies. And we have the kingdom of light where we have God and he is the father of truth. And God has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness through what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And he's transferred us into the kingdom of light where he is our father. And what he says about us is what goes. It's what's true. We are our father's daughters. Our lives are defined by fatherhood, by the father we have, by the heavenly father we have and all that he says about us. This isn't just a picture of who we are. This really is who we are. You are a princess. You're royal. You are a daughter of the king. You are a child of God. And just taking time to allow those truths to sink in and to be the breastplate of God's approval over your heart, over your mind, over your life. And the Bible speaks about us really being able to know and feel God's love. And I would just so encourage you as well to take some of this away and some of these scriptures and just take them like tablets, you know, like three times a day, like medicine, you know, to go over them. Um, Romans 5, you know, so that we we know how dearly God loves us, that we feel his warm love everywhere within us because God has given the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. You know when someone cherishes you, you know it, don't you? You feel that love. And it's, it's like when you see a bride, like brides are just radiant, aren't they? You've never really seen a miserable bride. Like if you go to a wedding, you think they don't generally look, they, they're just radiant because they, they know they're being loved. 
And it's, it's how God is with us. He wants, we become radiant as we kind of receive his love. He says, Ephesians 3, may your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love so you can feel and understand how long and wide and deep and high this love really is and experience this love for yourself. Though it's so great, you'll never reach the end of it or fully know or understand it. This is the love that there is for us to experience, the love that there is for us to ask the Spirit to fill our lives with. And it it does transform us. It does transform our lives. And it transforms the lives of those around us because it has this way of just cascading and overflowing. Um, and I, I just felt God saying, you know, ask him, ask him. If you've, You might never have ever asked God, tell me, give me a picture of how you love me, God. Give me a picture of how you see me. Give me a picture of who I am to you. He wants to do that for us. I really, I really believe that. And, it, and it's how we then can build our identities on the solid rock of his word. Jesus says, let my love nourish your hearts continually. That's continual need. We need to continually be allowing his love to nourish our hearts. And he commands us to love others as we love ourselves. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not very good at that bit. Um, God, God's been showing me that how difficult I find that to do. Um, you know, I grew up, I think I grew up for different reasons, people pleasing, adapting, um, trying, hiding my true self. And, um, and I think with everything I've kind of been through in the last seven years, you know, it's, it has felt like a real wilderness. And God was sharing with me, it just reminded me about Jesus and how um, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And before he was led into the wilderness by the Spirit, he had his baptism and that incredible encounter with God saying, this is my son who I love, with whom I'm well pleased. And that's, Jesus needed that affirmation of who he was and how God sees him, how his father sees him to sustain him through that wilderness period. While he was ill in the wilderness, he had the enemy going, well, testing every, every aspect of his identity. Well, if you're this, then that. If you're this, then that. And that's often what happens to us when we're in these wilderness periods. The enemy's testing us and we need to know our identity. But the Spirit leads Jesus out empowered. And I felt that for myself in my own kind of wilderness that the enemy's tested. Well, God can't really love you very much if he's allow this to happen in your life. Look around, or oh, everybody else's lives are great. Like, really can't think much of you. Um, and I, I have to really, really battle against some of those, those thoughts and those um, doubts and stand on the word and have my breastplate of God's approval and, um, and really believe that, you know, God is leading us out. But he says, you know, so who is who am I? Um, have you asked yourself? Uh, but I think the important thing about this wilderness thing this to, to take is that when we're in that wilderness time, what we really learn is more about who we are and more about who God is. And so we come out of it feeling like I feel in my, that is what I can say about my time now. I've learned a lot more about who I am and I've learned a lot more about who God is. And, and that is, is so much of what he's doing in those times, I think. But think about these questions and think, do you think these for yourself? So if you had to say, 
An ideal day for Caroline is if you put your name in there. The things that make Caroline laugh are Caroline's most grateful for the following things. Caroline's really passionate about. Friends would describe Caroline as, so, you know, I feel most at home. I have, if I had one wish, you know, what I don't like, what I do like, do you know these things about yourself? Would you know how to answer those questions if someone put them to you this evening? And it's, God cares about this because as well as with the fact that we're cherished, we're not just generally cherished as one of a crowd. God does love us all the same, but God loves us. He loves you as an original. And I felt that word was important for tonight. These are such strong words. He loves you as an original. And an original is a piece of work by an artist. It's not a copy. God is the artist, and he created us. He created you different from anything or anyone else. And that makes us special and interesting and important to God. And I felt like he wants to say, you are fully understood. The one who made you from scratch as his original fully understands you. And you know that hunger that we have to be known and to be understood, you know, that's how we've been made. That's a legitimate need. Um, And I think we can crave that. We crave that from someone significant in our lives, that they would just understand what's going on for us and, and long for that intimate conversation. But I have been discovering, you know, God does that intimate conversation the best. He says, you know, I, you are my most intimate friend. You know, we take that time and we're with him. But ask him how he sees you. Ask him what it is he loves about you. I've done that, and it's he's like all these things that he's telling me about me that he loves. So we're cherished, we're an original, and we're redeemed. You know, when we were utterly helpless with no way of escape, Christ came and died for us as sinners who had no use for him. And how much more will he do now we've been declared not guilty? I love that book. I don't know if any of you have read it from Tim Keller that says um, it's the freedom of self-forgetfulness. And he says, the problem is with self-esteem is that we're on trial every single day. That's the way identity works. So um, everything we do is either providing evidence for the prosecution or the defense. So every day you feel like, you know, which way is it going to go today? And some days we win and some days we lose. But Paul says, actually, the verdict is already in. The trial is over. We're out of the courtroom because actually only in the gospel of Jesus do you get the verdict before the performance. Whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We are redeemed. God says, you are my daughter who I love, with whom I'm well pleased. Um, We don't have to do things anymore to make us look good. We can just do them for the joy of actually just doing them. Um, But he has declared us not guilty. He's filled us with Christ's goodness, given us right standing with himself and promised us his glory. And I just really have believed this evening that God wants to remind us of the greatest gift we can ever receive. Um, And some of us may have already received this and, and know it well and maybe need kind of more of it. And some of us might never have really thought about receiving this gift, but it's the gift of his unconditional love. And, and he wants us to actually feel and experience his love. 
He loves us unconditionally. And he says, you know, you can delight my heart, you can hurt my heart, but you cannot change my love for you. That's my security for you. Um, so we're cherished, we're original, we're redeemed, and we're empowered by his love. When we kind of get that who am I question right, or we find ourselves more along that path, I think the what should I do question kind of takes care of itself in some ways. Because who we are is the source of all we do. Um, we find it just flowing out of us. So, and this evening, my talk about being who I am, where I am. You know, I work in the hospital, and I say, you know, I go, I think, God, you really want me in this hospital, like day in, day out, you know, doing the same thing. But, you know, I think it's just the thing of knowing, knowing that we're loved or giving ourselves time with God to receive that love. We flourish, you know, we become radiant. Um, and we can then become the full potential of all that God has for us to be as we kind of go on that journey ourselves. Um, but we've been created for love and we're made in the image of the God of love. And the God of love has chosen to live within us. And our purpose is to give and receive that love. And sometimes I think I really overcomplicate it. Um, but actually, so much of the time it's just simple acts of kindness can just be so transforming because there's just a world that's desperate to know that they're loved and that there's something different to what they know. Uh, God's made us in his image to be able to experience his love and he desires to have the most intimate relationship with us possible. So it's from your core, from your center, knowing your cherished you're original, you're redeemed, and you're empowered by this love that he gives us, um, where we can say that what God says about us is our benchmark. That's what we, we go to before we, um, whenever we get those thoughts about you're not this, you're this, you're that, you're not the other, we can measure that all against what does our Heavenly Father say about us. And I just really felt like God just wants to restore hope this evening as well. And um, I, just, I heard this phrase, and it says, nothing is wasted, the good can't be taken away, and the best is yet to come. And I just think it's just God wanting to breathe hope out over us again tonight. Nothing is wasted from all that we've been through, from each of us in this room will have such a different story, but nothing is wasted. The good can't be taken away and the best is yet to come. An overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us enough to die for us. Um, so we can set our feet on solid rock, not on the shaky ground, and just take this journey we've been on with God and, and know that we will continue on. And I guess that, that has been my prayer for us this evening and my journey and what I really wanted to come and share. Thank you. Caroline, thank you so much for sharing from deep within your heart. That was very personal and very powerful. And 
There's nothing kind of better than somebody saying life is like this, God is like this. And you've really helped us to see that we are very cherished and that we're original, that we're redeemed and we're empowered by God's love to be the women he has created us to be. So thank you so much. We're now going to um, have a prayer.